just a uh, <clears throat> couple quick items of business before I jump into my message. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, you want to make your way to Ch- Matthew chapter 13. Uh, that's where I'll be spending the majority of my time. Um, just uh, for those of you who have history with Caring Community, you may have noticed that I'm violating one of the rules, which is no jeans on the platform. And uh, that's because I wanted to have an excuse to wear my T-shirt. And then the other thing that I would point out, some of you have already asked about the shirts. Um, No, Cheryl and I are not dyslexic. Uh, We did not put the flag on backwards, all right? Um, There's a method to our madness. And, uh, and just wanted to share that with you. First of all, uh, no disrespect to my Southpaw friends, um, but historically and biblically, the right hand is associated with strength, and specifically the strength of God. And so the flag is on the right-hand side. And then if you envision our flag as a nation being carried into battle by someone advancing toward the battle, the flag would be flying behind them in the fashion that it's on your shirt. So it's not that we put it on backwards. It's that we had some specific intent in terms of how we put it because we do feel that, uh, first of all, we operate in the strength of God and we are advancing toward the battles that he calls us to fight. So I just wanted to help you understand that. Uh, a great uh, shout-out to our uh, fireworks planning team uh, who had the vision for us to have shirts and so that's part of it. Another quick shout-out as I get started. Many of you were present, uh, or some of you, I should say, were present at a wedding that I performed yesterday at another venue. And it just compels me to say, first of all, a huge shout-out to you for being willing to invest the money to have quality sound equipment. Um, and a huge shout-out to our tech team who make it work and make it work well. Um, Some of you know that it is not uncommon for us to have communication visually and through hand gestures between us and up here and those guys back there when there's a concern. When I got up and began to talk at the wedding, uh, separated by this distance from the AV tech, and realized that the mic we had tested was not working, and I gave him the look, I got this. Now, I'm thinking, where's Spence? Why isn't he fixing this? I, I, we would have been done by the time he got there. But I, I was sending out that, that telepathic message. Uh, but again, we're going to honor some volunteers a bit later today. Uh, and we're honoring specific groups of volunteers. Uh, but again this week, I just continue to be humbled uh, by how much you as a congregation do to enable us to move forward. So let's jump in to tell me a story. Um, Picking back up with a series of messages uh, based on the fact that much of Christ's teaching is not based on what I would consider deep scholarly or theological discussion. Instead, oftentimes when Jesus really wanted to get a point across to his listeners, he told them a simple story. These stories are commonly referred to as parables. Dictionary says a parable is a short, fictitious story that illustrates a moral attitude or religious principle. Communicating through the use of word pictures using common, everyday items that are familiar to the listeners. In a little bit, I'm going to use one of those word pictures. And I started out, because we get so caught up in, in the tech stuff, that I started out either 
looking for actual samples of what I'm going to talk about or pictures. And I thought, you know what, this is such a common illustration, I don't need that, because when I talk about it, you're all going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So today we're going to look at the dirt on dirt. A few weeks back, we started looking at one of the better-known parables that Jesus told. It's often called the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. It parallels the planting of seeds with sharing the message of Christ. And as a part of that story, there were three key elements. Uh, one is the sower, the seed, and the soil. Uh, back in early June, uh, we looked at the sower and we looked at the seed. I invited you to view yourself as the sower, uh, the one who has a responsibility to scatter seed. I invited you to wrestle a little bit with what kind of seed you are sowing. Today, we're going to zero in on the soil. Ask anyone who plants crops for a living or anyone who is passionate about their gardening, and they will tell you that dirt matters. Many years ago, this is not a dirt story, but it gets to the point. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to travel with Ron Owens to Canada for the first time. And the first day I was out in the boat with Ron, we're motoring around. He'd been in this area before, so he knew all the spots. And we we idle up to a spot. He, he shuts the motor off and starting to get our tackle around. And he reaches into his tackle box and he pulls out a cup. And I said, okay. And he dips it in the water and tastes the water. And he says, yeah, there are fish here. And it's like... <laughs> now... That was my first trip to Canada, and, and I have since learned that there are fish pretty much everywhere in some of those lakes. Now, I don't know if Ron really tasted something or if he was just messing with a new guy, uh, but it made an impression. Along those same lines, I suspect some of you, like myself, have seen a farmer or a gardener sniffing their soil, touching their soil, and some of them even tasting the dirt to see if the dirt's where it needs to be. Now, personally, I see some of the stuff we put in our dirt to make it more effective, so I'm probably not going to taste it, all right? Um, <clears throat> in my previous message on this parable, we looked at seeds, we looked at sowers. Today, I want you to just ask yourself, ask yourself, what kind of dirt am I? As you, as you think about this story, what kind of dirt am I? Now, as I emphasized earlier when we looked at that, in this particular case, uh, Jesus told a story. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, Jesus tells a story to a large group of people. And he says, in, in King James Version, it says, he says, Behold, a sower, which almost implies he's talking here to a group of people, and he looks out and he sees somebody out sowing seeds. Behold, a sower. And, and he talks about how as that sower is scattering seed, some of it falls on the path, some of it falls on rocky ground, some of it falls on ground that has thorns in it, and some of it falls on good soil. And Jesus just kind of threw this story out, and he moved on, just kept going. And the disciples, after he's done and there's a little lull in the action... They say, Master, what did that mean? Why did you tell that story? Because it doesn't make sense to me. What does that have to do with anything? 
And so what we're going to look at today is the latter part of that, when Jesus actually, uh, to his disciples, takes some time to unpack that and explain what it meant. When I ask you to think about what kind of dirt am I, the question is, when the life-giving seed of Christ's message lands in your life, how is it received? How is it received? The first option was it falls on the path or the hard ground. Now, there are a lot of ways to interpret this, but, but I think of, of, a, of an intellectual response. We hear it and, and we understand what the words are saying, but we don't dig into the meaning any further. Maybe we don't take it to heart. This is based on Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. As Jesus is explaining the meaning of this story to his disciples, he says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. Now, when he says don't understand it, to me it's more a matter of taking it to heart. Because we understand what the words mean, we don't understand the meaning of the words as it applies to our lives. I hope that makes sense to you. It's interesting, when you think about the path along the edge of the field, oftentimes it has the same chemical properties and conditions as good soil. It's just hard enough that it's unreceptive to the seed that's being sown. Dare I say that is similar to being present in the room when the message of Christ is presented, but not really listening or taking it to heart. The seed is there, but there's no penetration. Interesting thought. What kind of dirt am I? Is there a hardness that keeps me from being receptive? I would suggest, and this is not an exhaustive list, but I would just comment briefly on three possible causes for that hardness or lack of receptivity. The first is distraction. How many of you have been sitting in church when the Word of God is being presented and you're distracted by something? It may be what the person ahead of you is wearing. It may be how they smell. It may be they're drinking a long, cool drink of water, and all of a sudden you realize you're thirsty. It may be because you partied too late last night and you're tired. But Sherry gets a pass. Her son got married yesterday. She gets a pass. If she gets a little droopy-eyed, she's not distracted. She's just focused on the important things. All right? But, but you understand. You're present. The word's being presented, but you're distracted. That's a possibility. Another cause of the hardness is projection. Again, I'm sure nobody in this room has ever done this, but I've heard of times when people hear the Word of God presented and they're thinking, oh, so-and-so really needs to hear this. <laughs> Sometimes you're sitting next to them, right? You know, you may even give them a little nudge to make sure they're awake, all right? But, but that projection of, oh, this is good stuff. I wish so-and-so was here to hear it. Friends... That may be true, but God brought you here to hear it. And that's not a coincidence and it's not an accident. Projection can lead to that lack of receptivity. And the third is volition. I was just looking for alliteration, so I used volition. All right. It's a choice. 
Some people choose when they hear it to not let it sink in. Some folks, it's just close-minded. You know what? Yeah. Nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. For some people, the volition or the choice is being stiff-necked. Yes, I know I need to change, but I just don't want to change. Yes, I know the Word of God says I should do this, but I just choose not to do that because I don't want to do that. There are a lot of causes. Those are just three possible causes for that hard ground that doesn't allow the seed of God's life-changing message to penetrate. I hear it. I have an intellectual comprehension of what's being said, but that's where it's going to stay. It's not going to move beyond that. The next soil or dirt is rocky ground. And, and I would equate this with an emotional response. Let me just read it. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Hallelujah! I heard the word and I'm, I'm in. I'm happy about it. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Rocky ground. We hear the word. There is a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah, you ever been heard the word? It's like, oh, oh, it's just what I need. But we're not willing to pay the price to put down roots beyond the rocks. You know, preachers love stories, and I know I've told this one before. When you've been here as long as I've been here, you've probably heard all of my stories unless I start making up new ones. All right. It's a little boy sleeping in his bed. All of a sudden, in the middle of the night, the family, the mom and dad, hear a thud on the floor. You had kids, you hear a thud from their bedroom, you know two things. One of two things. Either they fell out of bed or they just got up and knocked something over, and you, either way, you gotta go checking on. Dad goes busting in there. So, oh my goodness, son, what happened? And son's kind of dazed and confused on the floor. And he says, I don't know, I must have stayed too close to where I got in. Rocky ground. How many of us know folks, or perhaps our experience, we get excited about the things of God, but we stay too close to where we got in. And then we fall out with a thud. In John chapter 6, Jesus has been doing some amazing stuff. He's been healing folks. He's been feeding thousands. I mean, he has just got it going on. And everybody wants to be in on it. They're following him. Oh, this guy's just, he's the best thing since sliced bread. Well, they didn't have sliced bread. He's the best thing since bread, all right? And then Jesus says, you know, it's put up or shut up time. And he calls them to an incredibly deep level of commitment. He says, it's time to go all in. And the response is, this is a hard teaching. I don't think I want to play anymore. So they had an emotional response. There was some momentum. But then it got difficult. 
they were called to a deeper level of commitment. They said, yeah, nah, nah, I'm, I'm good. Friends, please hear me well. There is a place for an emotional response. If there is no emotion in your response, then something's broken. It is an important part of a real, personal, life-changing love relationship with God. There should be some feeling to it. I had to learn that the hard way. However, emotion alone will never be enough for the long haul. We must pay the price, invest the energy, do the hard work to penetrate through the cracks in the rocks and get roots down past that. Then Jesus talked about thorny ground. Thorny ground. Anybody else got thorns in their yard? We do. I don't know why Diana doesn't do something about it. But... An intellectual response, an emotional response, this I would say is a conditional response. Friends, let's be honest. This is where church folks end up. Not all of us, but some of us. I'm all in as long as I have a pressing need. Well, let me read that. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Wow. He could have said that today. It's interesting. This is a little sidebar. The, the leadership team, a part of what we're called to do is, is look at the health of our church. And I made a comment at the annual, in my annual report that all kinds of research suggests that attendance patterns for folks as it comes to attending regular worship have changed. The definition of what we offer as regular attendance has gone from attending church multiple times in a week to its regular if we attend multiple times in a month. Now, it's not all about attendance, but it speaks to a change. And as we've discussed that, I've started looking for uh, what others are saying about this subject. And just two weeks ago, I came across an article, as I think about that again, but the deceitfulness of the worries of this life and the, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word. One of the authors that I read suggested that one of the primary contributors of changing attendance patterns is the affluence of our culture. And I, and I, so that was in the back of my mind as I reread this in preparation for this message. I thought, oh my goodness. We're talking about thorny ground here, folks. I'm all in as long as I have a pressing need. I'm all in as long as it is convenient and comfortable. I'm all in until something else comes along to catch my attention or tickle my fancy. We hear the word. We receive the word. We're drawn toward Christ. We follow Christ for a season. 
And then bit by bit, just like thorns taking over your yard, the stuff of life starts to choke out the stuff of Christ until eventually all that's left is thorns. Wow. Jesus said that thousands of years ago. And it is so spot on for today. Friends, I'm I'm not picking on any of us, but I'm picking on all of us. Think about the potential thorns in our lives that choke out the stuff of Christ. Our family... Christ-centered, family-focused. I I get family. Family is huge. But sometimes it begins to choke out the spiritual. Work, recreation, our social lives, our pace of life, our financial challenges, our choices, our hobbies. We relocate and just never quite get settled in. Shifting priorities and seasons of life. All of that can become thorns that take things over if we are not intentional. Friends, dare I say this? Thorny ground can be as simple as prioritizing good things over the best things. And it is crazy subtle. Again, if you don't have thorns in your yard, you don't understand. I do. And and they'll be here, and then all of a sudden, like three feet away, one pops up out of nowhere. It's not out of nowhere. It's got a runner going underneath the dirt that I didn't even see. And if I don't deal with that one, all of a sudden, there are thorns all the way along the way. Friends, what kind of dirt? What kind of dirt? Then there's the good ground. A complete response. Intellectual, emotional, conditional, complete response. We hear the word. Let me read it. Uh, conditional response, or excuse me, a complete response. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. They get it. They understand what the words mean. They understand the meaning of what the words mean, and they apply it to their lives. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a 160 or 30 times what was sown. This is the soil that receives the word of God and understands a real, personal, life-changing love relationship with Jesus Christ is what it is all about. Hear it. Understand it. Do something. Keep doing something. Keep seeking. Keep growing. That's the good soil. Continually, an open mind and an open heart to the things of God. Do things vary? Is there an ebb and flow? Are there seasons of our spiritual journey? Of course there are. But it all comes back to growth. This is the word picture. All right. Now, a couple of you here could refute my science, but Wikipedia says it's true, so just, (laughs) it's true. All right. Picture one kernel of corn. One kernel of corn. All right? Planted in the ground. A stalk grows up with usually two ears on it. Each of those ears having 
somewhere in the vicinity of 800 kernels. One kernel, 1,600 kernels. You plant those 1,600 kernels, and in the second season, two and a half million kernels from one seed in good soil. Simple stories, sobering realities. Friends, I can guarantee you when we talk about the message of Christ, regardless of how well it's presented, it is life-changing. There's nothing wrong with the seed that's sown in our lives. Even if the preacher's not all that good, it's still God's Word. Even if you don't like the translation, it's God's word. So if there isn't a harvest of 100, 60, 30, 20, 10, 5, if there isn't a harvest, it's not the seed's problem. It's the soil's problem. Simple stories, sobering realities. What kind of dirt am I? Just ask yourself, what kind of dirt am I? It's our choice. Now, the dirt in my yard can't just decide to be better, all right? It needs help. It needs a lot of help, to be honest with you. It's not going to get it, I'm telling you. But the dirt... The soil of our lives. We have control over how receptive it is to the message of Christ. We choose what we listen to. We choose what we focus on. We choose what we read. We choose who we interact with. We make countless choices with regard to the quality of the soil that we offer to the message of Christ. We each get to determine what kind of soil we provide for the message that lands in our lives. Ask yourself, what have I done with the seed? What am I doing with the seed? What am I going to do with the seed that has been sown and will be sown in my life? Will I receive it? Have I received it and said, yes, Jesus, I want a real personal, life-changing love relationship with you that permeates all aspects of my being? Have, have I said that? Yes, I want to receive the seed. Have I let my heart become tender increasingly to the things of God? Have I invited God to help me drive down roots through the rocky ground in my life? When, when you sense that, that the, the sprouts of your spiritual life might be withering, do you run to God and say, Oh God, I need help to get these roots past this season. Because the sun's beating down and I'm cooking here. Give me your sustaining strength. Am I, am I willing to start making some choices and killing off a few thorns? to make room for the things of God to become a priority once again? 
Am I being determined to keep pressing on to keep my soil healthy and see an even greater harvest in your life? What kind of dirt am I? Would you pray with me? Father, this is a question for every one of us. Every one of us has to make a choice every day as to what we're going to do with your message in our lives. And Father, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I I went over it kind of quickly. But it all starts with the initial response to your seed. So with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, if you're here today and you've never said, yes, I want that real personal life-changing relationship with you, the seed has been sown, my soil is ready to receive it. If you've never made that decision, I want to give you a chance to indicate your desire right now to change that. So if you want to receive that life-changing message for the first time, would you just look up and make eye contact with me as your way of not saying to me, but saying to God, you know what? I want to receive that seed. Okay. Anybody else? All right. For those that just responded to that, it's as simple as saying yes. Yes, Lord, I believe you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. Yes, I believe that you rose again on the third day, triumphant over sin and death. Yes, I believe that you want to help me lead a new life, walking in relationship with you in a real, personal, life-changing way. It's that simple. The seed's sown. Now are you going to pay the price, make the effort to give it soil that it can grow in? For the rest of you, if you've already made that decision, just search your heart. Is there any area of your life where maybe you need to make some changes to get the roots down deeper? Make some changes to kill off a few thorns. He wants to help. You just have to ask. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being faithful to sow your seed in our lives. And thank you for giving us the strength and the opportunity to respond to that. We praise you, Lord. Amen. Okay, worship team can come back up if they will.